Yechezkel chapter 25. Chapter 25 begins a series of chapters which deal with prophecies about the nations. It starts in chapter 25 and it runs all the way, including chapter 32. So we have eight chapters about various nations. Now this is not unique to Yechezkel. As we have noted before, the other prophets, the great prophets, the big three, Yeshayahu, Yemiyahu, and Yechezkel, all have a section in their prophecies devoted to prophecies about nations. They appear in different places. In the case of Yirmiyahu, they come at the very end of the book. But in the case of Yeshayahu and Yechezkel, they come in the middle of the book. So Yechezkel, in that sense, is similar to Yeshayahu. But apart from the big three, there are other prophets as well who prophesy about the nations. And sometimes it's in the middle of the prophecy. In the case of Amos, for example, that's how his prophecy begins. His prophecy begins with a series of prophecies about various nations and ending up with it, with Judah and Israel. That's Amos. Other prophets, Tzophania has a small section in the middle of his prophecies. And then we have prophets who prophesy about the nations. Uh, the book of Jonah. Jonah is a prophet, and his mission is to prophesy to the city of Nineveh. And he runs away initially, but that's his prophecy. Ovadia is one chapter. It's about Edom. Prophet Nahum, also part of the Treyasar, set of 12 so-called minor prophets. I'm not sure they're minor, but they're shorter. And he prophesies about Ninveh. So we have prophets that prophesy to the world. Three of these prophets seem to prophesy primarily to the world. Of course, all this has implications for Israel as well. But the expression of a prophet unto the nations means quite literally, in many cases, cases, prophets to the nations. So in Yechezka, we have prophecies about the nations. But there are some very surprising features to Yechezkel's prophecies about the nations. Chapter 25 is a chapter which has four prophecies about four different nations. They're relatively short. And the first of these is Amon. So Yechezkel is instructed to prophesy against, about, and essentially against Ammon. The four uh, nations in chapter 25, Ammon is one, Moab, second nation, Edom is three, and Pushtim is four. And one might say uh, about these four, uh, sort of round up the usual suspects. These are nations that we're very familiar with throughout the Bible, of course. And so these are not surprising that we have these four in the beginning, but there are some other features in the Yechezkel's prophecies about nations that is very surprising, and hopefully we'll encounter that soon. Now the question of Ammon, why might the prophecy about nations begin with Ammon? Is there something special about Ammon? So let me point out a couple of things about Ammon, one in the book of Yechezkel itself, and one in Yirmiyahu. In the book of Yirmiyahu, Ammon has a special role. 
Because after the destruction of the temple and the banishment from Jerusalem, which is the second stage of banishment, really the third stage, Israel is banished first, then the, there's a exile of the leaders of Jerusalem, and the temple is destroyed, but there still remains a remnant. And Bavel uh, allows some Israelites to stay in, in the land under the leadership of Gedaliah. Gedaliah was a governor appointed by the Babylonians. And Yirmiyah stays there as well. Yirmiyah seems to work well with Gedaliah. And Jews are coming from other parts, other nations. They're coming towards uh, Israel to perhaps build up the community, what is left of it, and to build it up. And the Babylonians apparently are okay with this. In fact, they appoint this governor. Yirmiyah tells everybody in the book of Yirmiyah not to leave the land even after the assassination of Gedaliah. But in chapter 40 of Yirmiyahu, a group of soldiers come to Gedaliah and they warn Gedaliah that his life is in danger. This is found in Yirmiyahu chapter 40, uh, verse number 13. V'yochadon ben kareach so Yochanan, son of Kareach, uh, and the other officers or troops in the open country came to Gedalia at Mitzvah. And they said to Gedalia, so the delegation says to Gedaliahu, you should know that Ba'alis, the king of Ammon, has sent Yishmael ben Netanya to assassinate you. But Gedaliah does not believe them. And at, at which point, Yochanan, in verse 15 of Yumiel chapter 40, says to Gedaliah, he says, in secret, let me, let me kill him secretly. No one will know. I'll assassinate Yishmael before he gets here, and that will put that matter to rest. That's his offer to do it, but Gedaya refuses. Do not do this thing, says Gedali. In the next verse, don't do it. You are speaking falsehood about Yishmael. So it's a very important story, but my point at this point, chapter 25, is that it's Ammon, actually, who for whatever reason is very concerned that Israel remain desolate, that the land of Israel not be rebuilt. And people are coming from other places. Jews are emigrating to the land at that point. So he sends Yishmael to kill Gedaliah. And in fact, Yishmael does kill Gedaliah. And the dispersion of the Jewish people is then complete in the book of Yirmiyahu. So perhaps we don't have the time frame for the prophecy of Yechezkel against Ammon. But in any event, this may well have been in the air that there's something about Ammon specifically who is responsible for the ultimate disper dispersion of the people. That's one point I wanted to make about Ammon. And now there's something else very interesting about Ammon within our book, within the book of Yechezkel. And that is that earlier in, uh, in Yechezkel, 
This is chapter 21. We saw that chapter already. But let me direct you to chapter 21, beginning in verse number 23. So Yechezkel is told, Ben Adam, human being, choose two roads, on which the sword of the king of, of Babel, of Babylon, may advance, both issuing from the same country. Select the spot, select it where the roads branch off to two cities. So there's a road that goes in two different directions. So there are two destinations that the road could take you from. You're at a crossroads. One is Judah, but the first is Ammon. And the instruction to Yechezkel is, so, Yechezkel is told the king of Babylon has stood at the fork of the road, two roads branch off, to perform divination. He has shaken arrows, consulted Trafim, inspected the liver, these are all practices which are intended to, to divine the truth, to figure out what to do. Practices the Torah forbids for Israel, for practices that are common at that time, different kinds of consultation. In his right hand came up the omen against Jerusalem to set battering rams, to proclaim murder, to raise battle shouts, to set battering rams against the gates, to cast up mounds, to erect towers. In their eyes, in their eyes, the oath they had sworn to them like empty divination. But they shall serve to recall their guilt, for which they shall be taken to task. So what it sounds like is that all of these signs, kesem, and all this business, from a perception of the Israelites, may seem to be foolish or folly, but what Yechezkel is being told is that, no, it may be folly from one perspective, but it's, it's a decision that is, that is, has been made. What's interesting here is, there are two choices. You can either attack Judah, or you can attack Ammon. And the choice was to attack, to attack Judah. So Ammon and Judah are on, on the two sides, the two directions. It's one or the other. Eventually it will be both, but at that point it was one or the other. So Amon is singled out over here first, because it's Amon's turn now to be attacked by Bavel. And in chapter 25, it actually gives a reason why the Ammonites perhaps are singled out. And the reason that's given over here is in verse number 6 of chapter 25. In that chapter, Koma Hashem Rokim, so the reason that's given is because the Ammonites, we are told, 
because you clapped your hands and stamped your feet and rejoiced over the land of Israel with such utter scorn. And therefore, Rechein, therefore, I will stretch out my hand, says God, against you and give you his booty to the nations. So the particular uh, offense of Ammon in chapter 25, rejoicing about the downfall of Israel, clapping hands, which in this context means to rejoice. So Ammon is first and followed in chapter 25 by three other nations.